Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is 105 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you in orders now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, World of Spas. Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your vacation. In this hour, uh, NBCSN Capitals analyst Al May, friend of the show, and we'll also hook up with John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Quick update over from downtown Community Arena. Currently, uh, we mentioned that uh, TSN's Darren Dreger has reported that uh, Jake Vertanen not on, uh, has been uh, released from his PTO from the Edmonton Oilers. We mentioned earlier today, Cuckoo and P- Pickard went on waivers, and uh, then Calgary put their guys on PTOs. Uh, that was Cody Eakin and Sonny Milano. Uh, uh, Drager reporting uh, that uh, Vertanen has been released from his PTO. Still on the ice, Jason Demers, who was in on a PTO. He's actually out on the ice as we speak. The Oilers have actually just now made it official. Jake Vertanen has been officially released. Uh, that was the sound right there uh, from his PTO. So there you go. Uh, it's been out uh, one minute. And again, he got six games in the preseason. Here's where I've got some other news for you on the injury front. Leon Dreisaitl, Kyler Yamamoto, Tyler Benson, Oh, no dry, okay. no dry settle Yamamoto Benson on the ice. So none of those three. Uh, Benson, it sounds like he's going to be out a little while here. Yamamoto, I think, will be fine for Wednesday. And my hope, obviously, is that Leon's fine for Wednesday as well. That goes without saying. Now, just before we go to LMA. We want to invite two listeners and their guests to an evening with Jay Woodcroft, sponsored by Legacy Heating and Cooling. It'll take place Saturday night at the River Cree Resort Casino. This is an exclusive invite-only event with Evans Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft and yours truly. You can tune in to Oilers Now today. As we speak, I'm about to give you the daily code word. The daily code word. Then head to the contest page at 630chad.com for your chance to win. The daily code word today, Kane. K-A-N-E. Kane is the uh, daily code word. Uh, guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show. Our Oilers now headliner for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. What do you mean it might just be the best? It is the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. It is Capitals analyst, former Edmonton Oilers player, uh, NHL enforcer. We welcome back to the show, Al May. Al, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Back finally back in D.C. Only a few days. Got some big alumni events the next three nights, and uh, looking forward to that. And then catching the team play Sunday or Saturday before we get going Wednesday night against the Boston Bruins. Yeah, Jake Vertanen uh, released from his PTO. I know there were other NHL organizations looking at him. All a player can do is ask for an opportunity. He got six preseason games with the Edmonton Oilers. Al. 
Well, yeah, six was a six in a row, but he he certainly you, you could tell he was getting a little more comfortable every game. I'm sure he's got a lot on his mind. He's been through a lot, and uh, you know, with, with everything that's gone on with him since he was released from Vancouver a few years ago, and you know, he's still conditioning's always been a question with him. Uh, to me, he was blending. Uh, he made a few nice plays, but oh, he was blending. He's not one of their draft picks. He's not homegrown. And uh, I, I don't think he deserved the benefit of the doubt over the kids that are there. And I think there's been a lot of great surprises in the Oilers training camp from when I watched the games. At, uh, you know, you look at Holloway, and he's pushing people down the lineup. And I, I think right now there's no way that he should not be on the opening night roster. Well, I think that speaks volumes that we got Frank Saravalli listening to the show. Uh, and and I know you uh, tune in once in a while, but you're also watching the Oilers games online, even though you're doing the Washington Capitals. Look, it's supposed to be a meritocracy. There's, It's supposed to be a, about the opportunity. And that's where I'm going here. Because you've been in that show uh, in the shoes as a veteran player trying to, to, to get an NHL gig. When a team gives you six preseason games out of uh, – I mean, he, he could have physically played seven. He played six. You can't ask for much more than that, can you? No, and he he knows he didn't like the lamp, and he he didn't he wasn't shining, and he, he you know to me it's just it, there's still a lot of hockey player in there, but at some point he's got to take it upon himself to come in, and and I always believe that you know that you have to have extra, and I get really upset when I'm talking to some American Hockey League coaches, and and you know you're talking about prospects they have. I'm going, these kids come up, and they don't do a damn thing. They don't try to show what their extra is. And I think you have to show the extra. Bertan hasn't shown the extra. It has to be part of who you are each and every game, each and every practice. What is your extra? And, you know, there's still a huge question mark on him. You know, you're not in junior. And, you know, once you get released from the team that drafted you, you're just another player in the pile. And you've got to go out there. You've got to be hungry. And, and you've got to make things happen. And I, I know that, you know, my, my thought, undrafted, uh, it's funny, I was going over my draft, that, you know, first when I got passed over. And it's funny, there were so many guys on that page, on those pages that didn't make it. And some I played against, and I played more games at every level than they did. And I looked, what was their extra? And why were they drafted? And sometimes it's unfair to think a, a guy who scores goals in junior is going to do anything in the NHL. But you also got to teach those players You've got to find a role. When I first went to my first training camp uh, with the Boston Bruins, I figured out Cam Neely, number one right winger, goal scorer. Uh, Crowder is their defensive guy. Rick Middleton is their number two guy that's involved in a lot of the offense on the team. You know, Swift. So you've got to figure out how to be a fourth liner. You've got to be defensively responsible. You have to be physical. You have to be ready to go. You have to provide intensity. And that's what Jake Bertanen's got to get to. He's have to have the mindset now. He's not a goal scorer from junior hockey. He's got to find a way to make a fourth line somewhere yeah. and be an impact player. And as he improves, and if he can gain confidence, find a way to get to the third line and be special there and show what his extra is. The Oilers uh, invited him on the PTO on the Monday that we were in Penticton to wrap up the rookie tournament. And I said at that time, it was going to be very hard for him to make the team. I, I didn't want to get, look, he, he was found not guilty in the court. That's that. This is about the hockey decision, but I was like, he's going to be hard-pressed to make the hockey. And we have people saying, why in the hell would you even invite a guy like that in town if he's, he's going you give, to... You give guys chances, right? You give guys chances. Jason Damaris has come in, and the orders are lighter and depth. 
uh, right now in defense. They're down a couple defensemen. Vincent DeHarnay, Al, a six foot seven right shot D, suffered a hand injury. He's out a month. He was supposed to be pushing for a number seven spot. Slater Cuckoo, a veteran guy, has taken a personal leave, and we're much more sensitive to these sort of things now. I mean, there might have been guys going, I'm sure you played with players that went through real uh, challenges uh, back in the day, and there was probably very little um, patience for it, understanding for it, but we're at a different place in a different world. So Slater's doing what he needs to do. Good for him. But the reality is the Oilers, meanwhile, have got to find players to help them out. And so Jason Demare is really from about game one or uh, end of game one, game two, when he was playing, suddenly there appeared to be a little bit of a window. And, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking on a two-way deal where maybe he's a call-up guy because you need organization, eight or nine defensemen. And he has, he's a veteran, smart, savvy defenseman. He's got, he's played 699 games in the NHL, L. Well, to me, he, he's a guy that, you know, as injuries happen, you've got to be, there's, that's a lot of luck to careers. I got my first NHL game in because of an injury, and you've got to take advantage of those. And you look at how many players come up, and they never go back when someone gets hurt. So you've got, you've got to rise up to the occasion when you have those opportunities. And, you know, I, I know that Demers has a decent skill set. He's a nice skater. He, he can pass. He can actually rush the puck. He can play in your power play. So as players go down, it puts the Oilers in a position to say, hey, yeah, we do have to sign this guy to a contract, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a high minor league ticket. And it'll be, of course, it'll probably be the league minimum at 750, and you can shuttle him back and forth, and he doesn't harm your cap, and I don't think anyone's going to pick him on waivers. Um, so, you know, that, that's my thoughts on that. But you've got to be, you know, there's a lot of luck involved, and injuries are part of it. Yes. Uh, guys getting their opportunities and – you know, it's completely a different world now. With the, with you talk about the you know leave of absences and everything. I know when I played, I don't know any player that ever missed a game for the birth of his child, and or you know didn't go on a road trip. And on all the teams I played on, I cannot remember any. I know it's a completely different world now, and uh, you know I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that people can take care of their their health, whether it's mental, physical, addictions, alcohol, whatever. Do what you got to uh, do. I, I think it's good. I think the league is re- way much, way better about that now that we've had a lot of well-publicized problems over the years in all the different major leagues. We're joined by Al May, longtime uh, Washington Capitals analyst uh, from the Edmonton area, willed himself to a 400-game NHL career. All right, Al, we're going to switch a little bit of uh, uh, focus here. Um, just in terms of where we're at in the league, the Athletic had the Toronto Maple Leafs number one and the Calgary Flames number two. Uh, I found it interesting in in their model, and their guys do a lot of work on that model. Let's establish that. They put a lot of time into it. The writing was fairly good. You don't have to agree with the perspective, and I'm not going to, because in their model, somehow, someway, they had uh, Mitch Marner uh, as a guy that created more wins than Nathan McKinnon. And their model also doesn't factor in playoffs. You know, Marner and Matthews have got 33 playoff points in 39 games. McDavid had 33 in 16 games last year. Leon had 16 and or 32 and 16, and he was playing on one knee. Do you kind of have to factor in a little bit of playoff success when you're evaluating who might be able to potentially make a run in years to come? Absolutely, and you know that's why I don't buy into any of the models that do things like that. You take a look around the National Hockey League, every general manager, assistant general manager, coach takes 
Nathan McKinnon every day of the week over Mitch Marner. He, uh, Nathan McKinnon last year, four playoff rounds. Uh, his team won, won, wins the Stanley Cup. Marner's teams have never won a, a round since he's been there. So I, I take a lot of that into consideration. Who's scoring the big goals? Who's getting you the, the game winner to get you out of a series? And uh, that's Nathan McKinnon. And so I, I look at all of that, and I just it shake my head a lot of times because you still have to watch the game. There are stats, and you can manipulate stats to have any answer you want, but every person listening to this show, whether they're an analytics junk or not, still watches the game. And they watch it, and they can tell who's playing well and who's not, and the intangibles of getting in the way, getting your stick in the way, blocking a shot, those lead to wins as well. Al, Washington has an older team. Pittsburgh has an older team. Washington has a key piece out, Nicholas Backstrom, not to mention uh, a guy in Tom Wilson that won't be starting the year. Who's better suited to have success this year, Washington or Pittsburgh? Oh, that's, that's a tough one because, you know, I, I never bet against Crosby. You know, of the two teams, he's the best centerman. He, he edges out Kudnet off in a head-to-head for me. Uh, it, Latang, phenomenal player. Uh, what a great pivot guy to have as your number two and, and Malkin. So you're right there. But their, their number one issue right now to me is still goaltending. And when you look at the Caps have the edge in that department, and I think the Caps are better than they were last year. And Pittsburgh was decimated. I, I felt like they had injury problems all season long. They went so long without Crosby and Malkin. So I, I would say, you know, I'm always bullish, and I'm always pro-Pittsburgh Penguin. It pisses people off in Washington when I mention that on the air. But right now, I'd give the, the edge to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, because the Capitals, you know, they're, they're experimenting. Ryan Strom looks like he's going to be the second-line center here. He's been phenomenal in training camp. He finally broke through last year with the Brinkett and Kane and, you know, put up big numbers. And everyone says, well, anyone can put up big numbers with those guys. No, that's not true. We've seen a lot of players play with the great players over the years and not put up big numbers. So Strom is a guy that he, he's not a fanciest skater, but he gets there. Uh, he's strong in the puck. He makes all the right plays. So I still think Washington will make the playoffs. I think the Penguins make the playoffs. And uh, some of the teams everyone keeps talking about, I still see a lot of flaws in their game and maybe flaws in who's behind their bench. New Jersey. Like, a lot of these guys got New Jersey. Maybe, you know, maybe it's my anti-American bias with Jack Hughes. Like, I got all (laughs) these guys telling me Jack Hughes is one of the ten best players in the league. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, you know. What, I mean, you see Jack Hughes more than me. He's, he's obviously a very good offensive player. What is he? Is he better than Elias Pettersson? He, uh, he's a very skilled player. He reminds me a lot of Clayton Keller. Uh, he's still playing on the periphery, and I think you get if he were to get in the playoffs, I, I think he gets he gets pushed out to the side a lot like Mitch Warner does. And so I, I don't have him. I, I look at uh, Pettersson. Uh, he's in a tough hockey market in Vancouver. Uh, they horribly coached last year at the start of the year. They really got things going. They went back to emphasizing, you know, the skill of that team, the speed of the team, and they started to get a lot of wins, and they just barely missed out the playoffs, and I think it's something they can build on. And uh, Pedersen, to me, is more of a sniper. I love what he does with the puck. Uh, so I, I'm still leaning to Pedersen more from the body work, and you know what? Uh, you've got to stay healthy to be considered a threat in this league, and that's one thing uh, Jack Hughes hasn't done. He hasn't stayed healthy throughout his career. Al, I'm going to give you one more, because you're a no BS guy, and our, our listeners love having you on the show. Last night we had a situation, speaking of Pedersen, um, 
where Marcus Niemelainen, who's six foot five and a half, he got all of Pedersen on a delayed penalty. He just absolutely crushed him with a hit in the corner. Okay, on their best player. Dakota Joshua came on the ice and ran Niemelainen next shift, and Niemelainen went right back at him. And all I could think of is, I don't know if that's enough when, you know, we're talking Elias Pettersson if I'm the Vancouver Canucks. Is that just the way it is the today? Is that, is that just? Not the, game. <laughs> the game is way different now, and we've got to accept that. And because there are so many people with the knives out and I can't stand the saying, we've got to get this out of our game and our game and our game and our game. But you know what? People losing their temper in sports, it's always going to happen. Uh, people defending <laughs> others. And, and it goes back to like, they act like, you know, someone takes a big hit and someone goes after the guy who threw the hit. Well, that's always happened in the game. And when someone gets throttled and I like people, but you know what? The, the players aren't brought up. When you look at the penalty minutes and the draft picks, they were nothing. And, you know, I, I look, you know, I think I had more fights my first year than the Capitals have had in the last two years. So the game has changed. It's completely changed. And they're making, you know, guys are heavyweight champs of the league and they have three and four fights. I don't get it. But the game has changed. And I think what you have to do as a team, you have to have the mindset. This is where you want older players in your team to bring, you know, bring, bring the hard hat every game. Is they're going to say, okay, they're going to hit Pedersen. We're going to go out and lay it on their guys now. And you turn it into that type of game, and then who knows what happens. I love the emotional games. Uh, you know, I love teams going back and forth like that. And I don't want to see everyone just skating around. And I want to see physical play. I think it adds to it. It adds to the, the theater of the game. And I honestly believe fans do like it. A lot of people just like to speak up against it. But playoff hockey is so physical. It's so demanding. It's the survival of the fittest to win the Stanley Cup. You got to be lucky, get some bounces, but you got to be healthy. But you have to have a game plan, and the team that sticks together the most always wins. Al, I'm going to leave you with this: the Oilers drafted Reese Schaefer. I mentioned he had 32 goals and 88 pims, and I had some fans. The pims don't matter. The pims don't matter. Nobody cares about pims anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, I just saw this guy play an entire series against the Edmonton Oil Kings. He has some bite. He's going to have some size. He's the right forward for Edmonton to add. He's going to fight three or four times a year and keep teams on. The pims don't matter. The pims don't. There has to be well, some here, intersection. Here's what, yeah, here's what people are missing when they say that, those people that say that. The pims are an indication. And notice it was an even number as well. So the pims are an indication that the guy is getting involved and involved physically. And, and you're going to take the off-bat penalty when you're those aggressive players. And, you know, sometimes refs, you know, I, I don't get how they call penalties some nights and other nights they don't. It could be the same damn guy. But it means that the player is getting involved. It means that that's what's in his DNA as a player. And when you're building your team, you want to have a player like that. Ideally, if you could have an aggressive player, a puck hunter, uh, which means you're a body hunter on every line, you're going to be a better team. And look at Edmonton last year. But turn that series around, and L.A. was number 97, going out there, pissed off at the world, and he starts throwing the body around and the hit parade. Uh, it, it was, you know, you have to have that, that one of the greatest Edmonton Oilers ever. Uh, the second greatest, I guess, at Mark Messier to this point of guys that have not played. What did he do when they needed? He turned it up and he knots it up. And, it, you know, he, Mark wasn't dropping the gloves. All the, He was going out there and he would stir it up when it needed to be stirred up. He'd get people thinking he'd change their tempo in the chin of the game and 
all of a sudden everyone's all in. And I think last year when McDavid did that, it was this completely different series. And all of a sudden he's getting after it. I loved it. Al, love having you on the show. Thanks for your time, my man. Yeah, take care. That is Al May, longtime Washington Capitals player and broadcaster, 125 at Edmonton. He is an Edmonton area product, grew up with the Canadian Athletic Club. We'll take a quick timeout and now come back with NHL Today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 127 in Edmonton. Let's get to NHL today. It is presented daily by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, Edmonton owned and operated. Going to see Drew Shamahorn and the gang at Elite Saturday night over at the River Cree for the Jay Woodcroft event, courtesy of Legacy Heating and Cooling. Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brendan Escott. A restricted free agent Jason Robertson is no longer. He has agreed to a four-year extension with Dallas worth $31 million, $7.75 million per season for the 26-year-olds. For uh, He's got a, 125 points and 128 career NHL games. Calgary, as you mentioned, Bob, releasing Cody Eakin and Sonny Milano from their PTOs. Bruins forward Taylor Hall practicing now after suffering an upper body injury, but still considered week-to-week. Oil Kings are south of the border now, getting set for this five-game U.S. Division road trip. Game one tomorrow in Spokane. Saturday they play in Tri-City and then Tuesday it continues in Portland and the U of A Golden Bears a home and home series this weekend with the McEwen University Griffin. Starts at the Claire Drake and then Saturday it's at the Downtown Community Arena. All right, uh, we've talked about the fact that uh, the NHL regular season is upon us and it's also time to about thinking about upgrading your truck or SUV. Our friends at Brent Ridge Ford, they've got inventory flying off the lot. They're down to 15 new and used Ford SUVs and only 13 new and used other trucks. All units are priced competitively. And, of course, Brent Ridge always treats their customers fairly. They boast an outstanding service department. Just because you buy the vehicle doesn't mean they forget about you. Uncle Milt, Johnny, Rich, and the gang, they'd be happy to look after your vehicle needs. Call them 7803 Five two sixty forty eight, and remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Eileen Bell has a global news weather traffic update.